Welcome to Cindy and Joe's show. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. And this is Between the Whistles, your hometown team. Yes, we are. And you know what? It was almost like the spirit in the sky was <laughs> helping Stevie Y. Divine intervention. It was his birthday, and Barry Trotz was like, oh, like, what more of a come to Jesus moment do you need to have? Right. What could be more obvious, like, a, like, you know, there's that light that came out of the sky, like that beam, like, it just shined now, on. Did it, now, Pierre LeBron, he put out a tweet that says he's going to take, a, Barry Trotz going to take a week to digest it. And then there's talk that he might want a managerial uh, spot or if he wants a coaching spot. So that's what he's going to deliver. But I think Stevie Y can wait. And I think Stevie Y can put a little bit of a, a little bit of a price on the table, and I don't think he can. I think Barry Trotz would be like, okay. I think I think Trotz is looking for to go out on a winning note. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think a guy like him with the records he has can just settle with one Stanley Cup. See, the thing about Barry Trotz is I I, I don't think people watch Nashville Predators hockey like I have. Yeah, so, you've been pretty deep in that organization for a while. So when I say this, I'm, I mean it. Barry Trotz is the most underappreciated coach of all time because he took a lot of Nashville rosters that were not that great and made them good. And then when then when Nashville decided they wanted a new change, they went to they went to Stanley Cup, but that was with Trotz's team. Yeah, and like Pierre Pierre Peter Laviette or whatever the hell his name is, he went there and he 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 did pretty good for a year, and then he went in the tank because that's what he does. And now they have a bum of a coach named John Hines who is absolutely <laughs> awful, and he's bald and he looks <laughs> decrepit, and, and he he can't coach a hockey game to save his life. And but Barry Trotz, one thing you could say about Barry Trotz is every team that he's played on, bald can be sexy though. Well, Barry Trotz is kind of bald, but Barry Trotz, Barry Trotz is a is a is a, is a his suits have like they have flair to them, like and he looks and what did Stevie Y say last week? The calm demeanor, but demanding. And you know who's really demanding? Barry Trotz. But he has calm demeanor. He's kind of like, he's the less trophy Scotty Bowman. You know what he is? He He's kind of like the hockey Don, right? Yeah. Well, he's like a hockey Don. He dresses sharp. Yeah. Dresses sharp. And, and he's quietly demanding. And you know that you just don't go against him. Just don't go against the Don because you're going to have to pay a price. So here's the issue with uh, Barry Trotz. And, and, and people it, people will go, well, look what he did with the Predators. He never won there. Well, you know what the Predators, the problem with the Predators is they've always never, they've never really had um, a true guy that could be like a superstar, right? They've had David Legwand and he was decent. They just had good teams. They weren't going to get over the hump because they don't have that superstar talent. And when they did, it was Philip Forsberg and Ryan Johansson. And they're not that superstar type guys. You know what I'm saying? They have to play defense. And their and, and their best calling card was Roman Yossi, Shea Weber for years. That was their defense. Like that was really, really good. But the thing about the thing about Barry Trotz that people don't understand is what he demands of his players. And this is kind of something that Stevie Y was saying too, was he wants more defensive like played by all the players on the ice. And one of the things that Barry Trotz did so well was especially Washington, because if you can make Alex Ovechkin play defense, you are winning. You are totally winning because no one has ever made Alex Ovechkin 
play defense like the year that they won the cup. And why Washington didn't want to re-up him, I have no idea. But that just goes to show you how dumb Washington Capitals can be. Because they had a Stanley Cup champion coach, and they decided, screw it. We're going to go with the guy who took Barry Trotz's team over, which is Peter Laviolette. And, I mean, yeah, Peter Laviolette could be a good coach, but he has had some really good teams, and he's done absolutely nothing with them. He's well, like the Gerard Gallant. You know, I, I know all these Red Wings fans, they love Gerard Gallant because he played for them. Let me tell you something about Gerard Gallant. Total effing fraud. Total effing fraud. And total I'm, fraud. And I know it's going to piss people off, especially all these older folks that we talked about, talked to, you know, yeah. in the groups and everything. But Gerard Gallant's a fraud. I mean, look at the team here in Vegas. Didn't win nothing. That was a tale of the team. You look at the team in New York. That team is so effing good. If they get shown out in the first round of the playoffs, that's on him. Because, I mean, there is no team in, 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 in the playoffs right now that has as deep of a defensive forward, a defensive pairing group as the New York Rangers. And they have a good forward group, too, because they have Artemi Panarin, Chris Kreider, Zabinijad. They're, they're stacked, and their goalies are good. But their goalies are getting shoved because – they don't play the right brand of hockey. Yeah. I think that one thing that where Barry Trotz makes a lot of sense is that um, he, I, I think what will appeal to him about Detroit is that the young talent. Exactly. Young He's talent. got all this young, fresh talent coming up that's so energized. I mean, you've got, not to mention Mo Sider, who I think is going to be the Calder Trophy winner. You've got, Lucas Raymond, who should have been a finalist for yep. the Calder. You've Dylan got Larkin. Dylan Larkin. You've got the grit and the sass of Tyler Bertuzzi. Mm-hmm. And the guy who's – the guy's just so reliable. I mean, t- there's so many things to love about Tyler, but uh, you know, I really admire that about him. You know, But then you've got Verona in there. You've got – and then look who you got coming up in the prospect pool. I well, mean, you've got fam- guys like Edmondson. You've B- got Barry, Soderblom. B- Barry, got- Barry Trotz is familiar with Verona. Right. He coached Verona. Absolutely. And Verona had his best season under – Barry Trotz. Yeah. And, like, people always say, they always always go, you know, a lot of people think that Cider could be, like, a Roman Yossi type. And if he's a Roman Yossi type, that's a Norris. That's a Norris trophy winner in in heck. Yeah. For sure. But they think that uh, uh, Simon Edmondson, he kind of models his game like like another Roman Yossi, but uh, kind of like a P.K., Subban, like uh, kind of guy where he's he's electric with the puck. He's he's fast skater and he's size and that's and he likes to hit. So that's what I think that and there's defensive players coming down the pike that have very very good cops. Uh, well, you know, and look if you're Barry Trotz, if you're looking at where you want to go, right, and you look at a coaching opportunity like Detroit. You've got a phenomenal general manager who completely understands the game, mm-hmm. and you've got ownership who's behind that GM. Mm-hmm. You've got a GM who's shown that he sticks by his head coach, yep. right? So he's got a lot of support. But then, when you, as we pointed out, you look at what he's got to work with. He's got all of these, like I, I'd say, like um, you know, like uh, fresh modeling clay, right? And it's just ready for him to mold it into the Stanley Cup championship team that he can. He's got veteran. He's got a couple of veterans on there who are more than willing to be molded and be in tra- and take their game to the next level. Plus, he's got all these exciting rookies and prospects that are there um, that he can make into them what he needs them to be. 
I, I think he sees this as a tremendous creative opportunity and an opportunity to go out a winner. I was listening to uh, Darren yesterday because mm-hmm. I want I, I heard that he was speaking about this whole Barry Trotz thing or whatever. I just wanted to hear his his, his, his view take. because mm-hmm. he his we where he's a friend of the show and he's obviously his opinion means a lot. But one of the things that he said, and I did not think about this until he said it, and he's that's because he's been in that room with Scotty, is there's little things that, that Barry Trotz can do that Scotty would do. Like he would, you know, he would tell he would tell Stripes or Malpy that he wanted Darren to go kick someone's ass. He mm-hmm. wouldn't tell him that straight to Darren. He would have someone else tell him, tell him that. You know, that's the thing that Barry Trotz does. And he goes, that's what all the elite coaches do in, in hockey. And you look at Barry Trotz and you go, he made Ovechkin play better defense. Larkin has turned the corner in his defensive play. If you get a lot of the forwards to buy in, you could have a really good defensive team. A lot of people say that, you know, Barry Trotz's uh, style of play, the defensive game, isn't sexy and it doesn't it doesn't amount to winning. But the reality of the situation is when you get in the playoffs and you're playing these teams like the Toronto's, you're playing the Tampa Bay's, you're playing the Carolinas, like the Florida's, you know, Florida Panthers, you know, the one thing you're going to have to do, especially in, in this in this division that you're in, is you're going against these high-level offensive teams. You got to play defense. Like and Trotz just, has beat them before. Right. And you've got to yeah. – And you've see, the problem is people don't understand, like, to get to the level that Florida's at, it took them years. You know, Tampa Bay, it took them years. You know, if you have a good defensive coach that can get you in the right frame of mind, you're going in the playoffs and you're gaining experience. And then as you're bringing in some new guys, like maybe you bring in a, a Cross Hannes or, or maybe you bring in a, a Elmer Soderblom or a Theodore Niederbach or whatever, and you're bringing all these guys in that are coming from, you know, the Swedish Elite Hockey League, the Western Hockey League, all that stuff, and, and they're coming into a, a, a good situation where this team is going to the playoffs and they're not asked to be world beaters, then they become it, they become more confident in their game. They mm-hmm. start doing the little things right. That's what that's what this uh this guy this is what that's what Barry Trotz does. I think that yeah, it's not it's not the most sexy brand of hockey, but you know what's sexy? Winning. Absolutely. I I I I, I you gotta look at this you gotta look at this you gotta look at the Eastern Conference as it is. I mean look how tough the Eastern Conference is. Yeah, I mean, for years we said we wanted to be in the Eastern Conference. I would rather go back to Western Conference right now because the Eastern Conference is stacked. I mean, Florida's going nowhere. Boston's going nowhere. Tampa Bay's going nowhere. Oh, they're all in your division. Toronto's going nowhere. Um, you can probably say that Montreal will be better next year. Probably can say Buffalo will be better next year. Probably can say Ottawa will be better next year. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough sight. So, what do you have to do against those teams? Play defense. Well, exactly, and I think that that really needs to be the approach that that the Wings have to take in this next season. It's it's not how do we beat every team, you know, in the league, or how do we beat every team in the conference? How do we beat the elite teams in the conference? How do we beat the elite teams in our division? I would just concentrate on that, mm-hmm. and if you can beat the elite teams and get that right, the rest is going to fall into place. So I think that instead of having, you know, kind of being all over the map, like, okay, we go from, and I think that's what happens when you see them go into these spells, right? Where they take a nosedive and then they're stuck there for, you know, four or five games. They get, or they go on the West coast and they get wiped out. It's so important to play defensive hockey. 
Right. Because you look at a team like Edmonton, they got two of the best players in the world. And Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, they're struggling with the LA Kings because their defense isn't that great. They really can't keep up with a team like that because when your defense isn't good, you've seen what it happened this year with the, with the Red Wings where they 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 could score, but they're allowing the puck to go in there not more than they can score. Well, that's so, exactly what I was going to say. You keep the puck out of your zone, out of that zone, and you don't have to worry about it going in the you, net because it's not even you've there. You got to play defensive hockey. Right. I, I, I don't care what anybody tells you, you know, the offensive numbers are up and all that stuff. You win by playing defense, and defense translates to offense. You know, people say that, you know, especially in football, it, this is a moniker that happens all often time. They say, oh, you can win without defense. No, you can't. Like, you need – like, if you're in the playoffs and you're playing a team like in the instance of the Rebels, if the Rebels are going against the Tampa Bay Lightning, they, they need to shut down Braden Point. They need to shut down Kucherov. Stamkos, yeah. or if they're playing Toronto, they got to shut down Marner and Matthews. Like, mm-hmm. you need defense. You can't keep those guys penned in forever. So you need to play solid level defense, and you need all commitment from all five players. And that's why the Rebels in their years from '97 to 2002 were just so stout because they had played a defensive level of hockey that was so sufficient that they were challenging for the Stanley Cup every year. Well, and you can take advantage, too, of those teams who have built around those marquee players but haven't built their depth. Right. Right? So you take advantage of that because then you shut down those key guys, and then they got nothing after that. And that's where then your it opens up your, your openings come for the offense, and that's where you go and you slide your goals in. So yeah. I think you're right. I think they've got to concentrate on defense. I think they need to concentrate also on just those elite teams and really study them and see how you take them down. Because that is also going to help you with the psychological game going in with some of the lesser teams. If they know that, hey, you're beating, you know, uh, you know, you're beating Florida, you're beating Tampa Bay, you're beating um, Boston, you're, you're, you know, you're beating Colorado, you're, you're beating some of these, you know, Dallas, you're beating St. Louis, you're beating some of these elite teams, and now you're going in to play Columbus, they're going to be afraid of you. They're already, you've already got the psyops working in your favor. So, not only that, you are planning for meeting these guys in the playoffs, in the Stanley Cup Finals, and you're already prepared to do that. It's not like you're getting ready when you, oh, you made the playoffs. That's great. Now we're going to get ready to beat these guys. No, because you've been beating them all season. Mm-hmm. That's where I think the headspace needs to be in the perspective that the wings have to come from in order to get themselves um, to get to that next level and get into the playoffs and be contenders for the Cup. Yeah, I just, I just think that that's what they need. Like, they need a defensive coach that will be demanding as a quiet demeanor. Because I think, listen, everyone likes the, you know, the thing about Mike Babcock, he wasn't liked by the players, but he he won because he was a good hockey mind. You know, Scotty Bowman won because he was a good hockey mind. And they, they really... I think Babs really did inherit, though. He inherited a championship team. Yeah, but anyway. that that team that team that he took over, Dave Lewis screwed it all up. Dave Lewis was one of the worst Red Wings coaches ever, um, and, and 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 that's the reality of the situation. And then they had the cap that came into effect, so that changed things a little. But you just got to look at it like those two coaches that you had that won championships. They were a defensive-minded coach and stuff. They were, they were, say what you want about Babcock, he was a defensive guy. He liked, he liked to play defensive hockey. 
and so did Scotty Bowman. And yeah, they had some flash to them, but they love to play the defensive style because that's what wins in the NHL. Right. Yeah, and I think you have to be defensive, and I think you have to be physical. I think you have to play. You have to be able to be prepared to play a physical style of hockey, and that's really where Detroit has that's, always that's, had their strength. That's where I'm wondering why Tampa Bay isn't be more physical with Toronto, but that's beside the point. Or or why isn't Colorado more defensive or a more uh, physical? Yeah. Well, you, when you when Colorado faces a physical team, it's going to be it's going to be tough sledding for them yeah. because. It, it, you gotta have tough. You gotta have tough guys up in there, and I think that they the Rebels. I'm still good. By the way, I'm still gonna make this bold prediction. We're gonna talk about some, the Red Wings bold predictions, but one of the bold predictions for me this year is I think Colorado's gonna win the cup. Uh, mark it on your calendar right here. Motor City Ice Queen on the Cindy and Joe show between the whistles, Detroit, Colorado Avalanche is gonna pull it off this year. I know. I think Joe disagrees, but that's my pick. I don't think Colorado's gonna stand up. I don't. I I look at them and I go. I go when they play a physical team like Calgary. I think they could be in for a little bit of hurt because I tell you what, that those two teams in Calgary and Dallas they love to hit, and that's a team that you know you're gonna face in the the conference finals. I mean, and then look at who Colorado's gonna have to go through next round. They're either gonna have to go through Minnesota, which is a hard hitting team that hasn't even hit their stride, or they're gonna have to go through a hard hitting team in St. Louis who. Just got their goalie back in Bennington. Like, good luck. Like, Colorado needs – you know, back in the day, Colorado had a physical force, a physical force team. They're not really physical now. Like, they're just not. Like, Nathan McKinnon can't take a hit. Rotman can't take a hit. Their defensive core, besides Cal Markar, they don't like to get hit. Like, you can't have guys like that. Well, you know, I think you made the argument – I think we've made the argument – that Barry Trotz is probably a very good fit for Detroit. I hope that Stevie Y mm-hmm. will release the question is, are they going to pay him? Does Stevie thinks that think that this it's, team is now ready? Barry, Barry Trotz has to, to pay. Barry Trotz has to figure out what he wants to do. If he wants to be a general manager or what? I think, but, I think Steve, I think Steve can sell ice cubes to Eskimos. I really do. And I think he will sell Barry Trotz. If he wants him, he's going to sell Barry Trotz on the Detroit Red Wings and all of the things that we talked about. But he's going to have to pick up the last year of his contract, probably. No, uh, he's fired. Well, he's going to. Well, here's the problem, though. Barry Trotz is going to be looking for that. That kind he'll, of money. He'll get his money back. Right. Get his money so back. we'll we'll see. Release that money. Does he think that the team is ripe for that right now? For him to in, to put that money out there, I hope he does because I think he's right. But now, when Steve goes into the draft, and we were talking about you know how we get screwed all the time, and now we're you know eighth pick in the draft or whatever. First off, I think Steve is used to that. I think he's prepared for it. And I, I'm willing to bet, just like he found Mo Sider, he's going to look deep into um, this draft class, and he's going to find someone that people aren't expecting. So I think he'll be able to do it. But my bold take on what Steve is going to do in the draft, don't say it. Don't say the goalie. Don't say it. Because it, 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 I'm, No, here's the thing. I think a lot of people are going to be looking for him to pick up a defenseman, and I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he's going to pick up defenseman. I don't think he is. But I think some people are expecting it because they say, oh, well, we're weak in defense. We need to pick up a defenseman. I don't think I'd, he's going to do that. I'd argue that's our strongest point right now organizationally. Yeah, I don't think he's going to do that. I think what Steve is probably going to look for, and I think his first pick, he's going to be looking for a second-line center. That he can I, develop. Somebody he can develop into a, a strong second line center. I got a bolder take. I think he's trading that second, that, that eighth overall pick. 
He's either going to trade it back or he's going to trade it for someone. Do you think he's going to trade it for a forward or a defenseman? Forward. Like a second-line second, like second line center. So where do you I think, think he's got to pick up his defenseman? Because he's got to pick somebody up because he's got he's, nobody he's, to he's, lead the second he's, pair. He's going to be in the front free agency market. Like, I don't think – I think Stevie Y, all he has to do is look across the street to that Comerica Park and see that dunce of a general manager in Al Avila and realize, <laughs> and realize, and realize that, like – You're just not going to let Al Avila off the hook, are you? No, we, we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get to his dumbass in a minute. But listen – I think he's going to look at El Vila and be like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I think all these general managers in Detroit are like, I'm not doing it either. Because this guy, this you can't rely solely on youth. So I think he's going to go get a second pair, pairing defenseman uh, that's a right-handed shot in John Klingberg. I think he's going to go and he's going to get himself a top winger um, because I think I think he's going to go get a guy like Goudreau, Johnny Goudreau uh, because I think that he – I think Goudreau won't be re-signed by Calgary. So if he's not, I think Steve Eisenman is going to be like, come here, come here, little Johnny Hockey, and come <laughs> here. Like, I just think I just think that Stevie Y is going to see, like, this team is really ready to go. Like, they really are. They just need a little bit more firepower. They need a little bit more engine power. You know, we live in, we live in Detroit, in the land of the Mortar City. Get, you gotta you gotta soup the car up sometimes. So you need a get, super you need you need a supercharged engine. You need a supercharged. No, you just engine, you just need you? you just need to get the right exhaust, the right spark plugs, and you just need just get them all ready to go. And then when it's ready to roll, it's ready to roll. Let's go. And you're hitting that gas, and you're on ninety four trying to dodge bullets. But that's beside the point. <laughs> well, that's. Well, maybe we will be the bullets that people are dodging. How about that? How about if we we, we go out there and be aggressive? I tell you what, I, I would, think he's going to be aggressive. I would go out there and I'd get two. I think you got a physical force inside of uh, not Sada Blum, uh, Sunquist. Keep that man because he's a big physical force, and I like the way he plays the game. And I, I, I think he's got to drop Suter. He's got to drop Suter. He's got to drop a lot of these defensemen. We almost have no defensemen. We're keeping Hronik, Suter. They got to go. I um, think Hronik will stay. Because I think he'd be a good third pair guy. I think th- on a good team he'd be a third pair guy, but he plays in Detroit, so where there's not much defensive help, so he's put on top level minutes. I think you gotta look at a guy like Mike Green, like he's a guy that comes in on the power play, comes in on this play, comes in on the. You gotta choose your spots with them, and I think the right coach would see that and do the same thing. Well, I think whatever Steve does, I think he's going to be aggressive. I think um, probably more aggressive, not only in his draft picks, but more aggressive in free agency than we have seen him since he's gotten back to Detroit. Um, Because I think he feels like now's the time, especially if he picks up Barry Trotz as his head coach. um, He's going to see an opportunity here to get his input, and I think they're going to be aggressive. I think he sees that his division is really, really tough. So I think he's going to make some bold moves. And the yep. only untouchables that I would say are untouchable is Larkin, Raymond, Insider. That's it. I think they're everything. everyone else is up for debate. I think everyone else is up for if there was a, if there's a deal that comes along where he knows he can get the better end of the deal, like a Verat, you know, like I think Verat is part of that, that, that group too. And I don't think he's going to get rid of Bertuzzi either. I think, I think it could be on the table. You know, people keep saying that. I and, think and, here's the reason why. Because 
the value will never be higher for Tyler right now. And if a deal came along where someone was like, okay, we'll give you, um, let's let's say like let's say uh, Calgary tries to trade one of the defensemen to keep Johnny Goodrow, right? And they say we're gonna trade this guy. He's a left-handed shot. He's on our first pair. We'll trade him for Tyler Bertuzzi. You're gonna probably take that all day. Someone comes at you with an offer that you really can't refuse, and you know Stevie he's gonna he's gonna get his his money. He's gonna get. Oh, his he'll money pick their it. pocket for sure. But like, he, he, look what he did with Anthony Mantha. I mean, Anthony Mantha is playing good with Capitals, but the Red Wings got the better end of the deal. They got the the draft picks, but they picked Costa, and Costa looks fin- phenomenal. They got Verano. They got the team. You know, they got they, they fleeced them. I think I think he's. I think everybody on that roster right now, besides Larkin, Raymond, Rana, and Cider, are available for the right price. Well, the difference is I think that Mantha wasn't as reliable as Bertuzzi, and I think he was underperforming at is, the time. Is Bertuzzi really reliable, though? I think so. He's always where you need him to be when you need him to be there. He can't play in Canada. Well, now, I think that's going to change next, next season. I don't know, because Certainly. if you talk to people in Canada, they think that it's going to become a, a full-time thing, so that's got to be something to worry about. My whole my whole point though is, I think Stevie Y is gonna make bold moves this year. I don't think he's gonna sit on his hands, and I don't think any player. I don't think, I don't. I think he's gonna do what he did in Tampa, and he's gonna make a bold trade that puts him in position to succeed for the short term, but also long term. Well, I think he's definitely a long game player. You know, Stevie plays chestnut checkers, and he's patient and. Um, so I think that he'll do that. And I think he will wait for what he wants as well. You know what I mean? But I think he's going to be very active and aggressive. I just think that. But he's going to be patient. He's not going to jump the gun at the first offer that comes his way, even if it's something really attractive. And I really don't think he's going to want to break that core up that he's got built I so just, far. I just think that if someone comes along with a price that you cannot refuse, you will take it. And I'm not sure that they will come along with a deal like that for Bertuzzi. And I think if Steve is looking to get into the playoffs and maybe make a, a cup run here in the next two, three years, I think I think Bertuzzi is a key player. And I think uh, – because he's not going to let go of Larkin. And Larkin and Bertuzzi have great chemistry. Um, I think they're, they're just part of that core that I think would destabilize the team he's trying to stabilize. Um, the one thing you're forgetting is – the CBY, I don't give a flying beep factor. You don't give a crap who is the, their their buddy or friend or whatever. It's all about winning. So if 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 he if it meant him trading Tyler Bertuzzi for a guy who could help them with like a second line center or a first line defenseman, he's doing it all day because there is not nothing that cures the Blues like. Winning. True that. I won't argue with you there, but I do think he's going to be part of the recipe going forward. Yeah, I think that. Uh, I think that the Ravens have some really, really. They got some talent coming down the pipe that could be really, really good. I think there's one guy that you, everyone needs to watch out for. Cross Hannis. You know how big of a guy I've been on Cross Hannis. I think he's. Yep. I think he's From ready. From the beginning. I think he's ready right now. I think you were watching him in juniors. I haven't watched him yet. What the yeah. Fuck? <laughs> Those Portland Winterhawk jerseys are phenomenal. It's like a Blackhawk jersey, but it's cooler. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But... Well, you got to start off with a cool jersey. Maybe that's where this kid got got you know, his magic. You know, from. you know what's weird? 
all of these are top prospects. Simon Edmondson, Cross uh, uh, Hannis. Every one of them has an Indian head. I don't know what it is about it. See, now you're saying that just because you're of Native American descent. I get it. Got to be proud. That's right. You got to represent. Yeah, I appreciate it's, uh, that. It's uh, Cross Hannis and Elbert Sada Balloon. Look at, look at this. All of them. Well, now that is very cool. Isn't it weird? That's why I'm always going to be representing Robbie Fabry, you know, because we're Paisan. I don't know what that is. Is it Amazon? <laughs> oh, you poor, you sad little man. How sad that you don't know this dating an Italian girl. You're Paisan. I, I, I dated, you're Italian. I, I dated a, a Neapolitan, so that's different. <laughs> Pizza for days. Let's go. <laughs> Sounds in, good. In the next segment, we'll be talking about someone who should go in a pizza oven because, <laughs> because he's a that's what the that's what the illegit should have done should have shoved him in the pizza oven instead of putting him in the front office of the detroit tigers well that'd be one shitty crazy bread so we will talk about al Vila and the tigers in the next segment